So glad you're here this morning. God has been at work. This is our sixth, our fifth and sixth. The other one's going on at the chapel, five and six simultaneously right now. And God has been at work throughout all of our services. One of my favorite happened, a little guy said, finally, I finally get it. I get why the resurrection matters. Now I need to be baptized. And so he's, he's, he's making his steps onto a discipleship in Jesus Christ. And I, I don't know what's going on with your life today. I don't know what next step you need to take. But I, I want to encourage you to be ready for God to say something in the next few minutes through his word that would guide you into your next step of faith. It may be your first step. It may just be another step of many that you've already taken. But I wanna ask you to, to be ready to take that step. And here's what I need you to do. Everyone, if you would, grab an orange card that is there in the pew rack in front of you. If you're on the first row, it's probably under your seat. If they can't find them, second row, give the people in the first row an orange card. Everyone, quickly, quickly, grab an orange card. I want everyone to fill one of these out. And don't fill the whole thing out. Just give me your name and one way to contact you. If that's your cell phone, if it's email, if it's your Twitter account, however you would want me to respond to you, I am totally fine with. I just want to be able to communicate back with you about, about what God is doing in your life. So everyone, if you would, grab one of these orange cards. And uh, if you're a guest, put, I'm new here. Just, just check into that box, check it or fill it in. At the end of the service, please go to the uh, guest connect area. We have a gift for you. We want to say thank you for coming, but plan on turning that into them. And everyone else, plan on handing yours to an usher here in just a bit. Because again, I want to know that you were here. And I also want to know how God is at work in your life. And we're going to come back to this in just a moment. Now, second thing, take out your cell phone. I know you brought it. Don't act like you didn't. I hear them every week. Let's go pull them out. Turn it on. Turn it on. And uh, is it on? Shake your head once you've got it out and it's on. All right. Now, turn the volume off. All right. Just go ahead. Someone earlier thought they meant on louder, but that's not what we're talking about. Okay. Just turn it off. Turn the volume off. Right. But keep your phone on. All right. Phone on. Volume off. Okay. Now, find the camera app on your phone. Open the camera app. This is as good as some of you guys are going to look all year. So I want you to remember this. Take pictures of yourselves right now, right? Go for it. Take pictures. Get out the phone. You can get stand up if you want to. Real quick, get a picture. Take a quick picture. You can stand up. It's a Baptist church. We won't throw you out. There you go. Looking good. We've been doing this the whole weekend. Now here's the deal, I want you to post that, whatever you got, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, don't do it on Snapchat because that's the devil's tool. But do, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and all the parents said, yeah, so, but uh, everything else, do hashtag Living Hope Easter. Hashtag Living Hope Easter. Now, here's what we're doing. Every service, we're going we're gonna to find one picture online, and we're going we're gonna to give you a gift. It's the book that our staff has loved this year. Uh, it's the book All by Paul Tripp. And so we're going to pick them at random. We'll post it tonight. If your picture's on the, uh, on the deal there, you'll, you'll know that you've won and you've got a book, book coming your way. Uh, this, this whole camera thing is just, it's just hilarious. I mean, pictures have changed so much. Um, some of you young people won't, won't believe this, but there actually used to be things called cameras, right? And there used to be stuff called film. How many of you guys can remember cameras with film? All right, a lot of, some of the young people are like, what? Film? Yeah, believe it or not, we used to be able to only take 12 to 24 pictures at a time. Remember that? 
And then you would take the picture and you wouldn't know how it was going to turn out for like weeks, okay? I know some of you today, you're just like, how does my hair look right now? I want to know right now. Problems I don't have, problems others have, you know? But, but used to, we, we, we had to take these pictures, but picture taking has changed. And, and I say for the better. I love it. There was a little girl in preschool and uh, she had this uh, pretend cell phone and uh, she noticed that there was a new uh, stuffed bear in the class and she took out her pretend cell phone and she took a pretend selfie of herself with the, uh, with the, with the uh, little bear. And the younger teacher said, oh my goodness, she just took a selfie. And there was an older teacher said, she just took a whatty? And she didn't know what that was. And she didn't know if they needed to call in the director. But then they explained to her it's a new kind of picture taking. And I'm all for it. As a matter of fact, that may be go overkill, but that's for me to decide and you not to judge. And, and I just like them. I just think they're funny. It's just different though, because, you know, years ago, this was uh, probably 12 years ago in August, uh, Western's uh, whole year, the school year just started. And a college kid, he was up in the cheap seats up here. He stood up while I was preaching. He pulled out his phone and he took a picture of me while I was preaching. And it kind of freaked everybody out because, you know, this is when things were kind of dangerous. Yeah, just like this guy right here. Don't shoot him. Don't shoot him. We like him. We like him. <laughs> but that kid stood up and everybody, you know, our security is like, uh, we, got a, we got a wing. We got a situation on the wing over here, you know. And uh, by the way, if you're ever going to shoot me, don't do it during this service because you will get shot, all right? There's lots of people in here that will shoot you, okay? So this guy pulls out. <laughs> We're one of those guys, all right? Just <laughs> anyway. So he stands up in the middle of church and he takes a picture. Well, one of our guys found out, he went in and talked to him and said, hey, you know, what's going on? He said, oh, my mom wants proof I'm in church. <laughs> Can you believe that? Now, if it were today, if a student were taking it today, I guarantee you they wouldn't take it like this out. They'd be like, me and Pastor Jake, right? They would totally do the selfie. And I'm for the selfie. And you know what? I think God's for selfies. I really do. I, I think if the resurrection happened today, he would want the people who found it to take a selfie with it. And I want to prove it. In our text today, we see some selfie opportunities. And I want to point these out to you this morning, all right? Now, we read Luke uh, publicly. I want to look at another perspective on the resurrection. If you've got your Bible, and I hope that you do, go to Matthew. And I'm just going to read it. You go ahead and remain seated. Uh, I'm in Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to look at his account of Easter morning, that first Easter morning, as Mary and Mary were making their way to the empty tomb. So this is Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. I like hearing those pages turn. That's good. All right, Matthew 28, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read through verse 10. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is coming before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with, with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. 
And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And they came and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go, tell my brothers, go to Galilee and there they will see me. This is the word of God. I see in that text right there, many selfie moments, don't you? I see lots of opportunities. If those girls uh, back in the day, if they had happened today and they had their cell phones, I guarantee you they would have taken pictures of those passed out guards. Don't you know it? They just would have had those. The angel, I don't know. You know, that probably would have been one of those click and run kind of scary moments, right? But the empty tomb, can't you just see Mary and Mary? Right? Pointing at it, taking the whole thing. And, and I think that's the way God would want it because here's, here's what happens many Easter's, many Resurrection Sundays, is people think about the resurrection as this thing out there, as this thing that happened but really doesn't have any real play in their life. I mean, many of you are here today because you were invited, because your mom wanted you to come, because a friend wanted you to come. Many of you have been coming to Easter for a year, maybe church week in, week out for years. But when you think about Jesus Christ and his resurrection, if you're honest about it, it's an event in history. It's something that happens out there that you've got a picture of in your mind. But I want to tell you, God wants this to be a selfie. God wants us in the picture of the resurrection. He wants us to be in the, the, the process and the power of this empty tomb. See, God wants us to know this resurrection because see, this resurrection is a person to know. Remember what Jesus said to Mary after Lazarus died? Do you remember what he said to her? This is in uh, John chapter 11, verse 25. When I read it to you, you're gonna immediately know it, but I want you to think about what this means. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Think about what he's saying right there. That's loaded, by the way. That's a loaded statement. First of all, he says, I am. He is saying exactly what God said in the burning bush to Moses. He's saying, I am. That means he's claiming divinity. He's saying that he is God. Jesus never claimed to be a good moral teacher. He never claimed to be a philosopher. He never claimed to be coming here just to, to do good things. He came, he said, to be the God who would take away the sins of the world, plain and simple. And he says here, I am. I am God. And he says, as God, I am the resurrection and the life. To know Jesus is to know the resurrection and the life. To live without Jesus then is to live under a curse and it is to be dead. Some of you, you are here, you're nice people, you're good people, you want to do good, but here's what you got to understand about your life. Absent of Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection and the life, you're walking about, but you're dead. Some of you, that gives a very strong vis a visual. You're the walking dead. You're always hungering and you're never satisfied. You're always wandering and looking, but you never have anywhere really to go because no sooner that you get there, you realize this won't do. I need more. And you're constantly consuming, but never being satisfied. That is a curse. That is what it is to live under a curse, to always be hungering and always be eating, but never being satisfied. Christ has come 
to satisfy the longing of our eternal soul. Only that which is eternal has the capacity and the strength to satisfy our eternal soul. Listen to me. Everybody in this room and every person ever conceived in every womb for all of time has an eternal soul. And that eternal soul can only be satisfied by an eternal being. And this eternal being is someone we can know. The resurrection is a person we can know. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And he said, whoever believes in me. Now that preposition in is the Greek word ice. It is more often translated into. Anyone who believes into me. Understand, the Christian life is not a concept to be held. It's an experience to be had. When we repent of our sins and believe that Christ died and was raised, we enter into Christ and Christ enters into us. It's not just something that, that, we, that we sort of put in a, in a quadrant or a column in our life. It is our life. He is our life. We are into him and he is into us. And it's a completely different way of life. The, the way I understand it best and the way that makes most sense to me is to think about it like this. You know, in a couple of weeks, in a couple of weeks is spring break, <laughs> right? Some of you teachers are thinking about quitting. Don't do it, all right? We need you. Spring break is coming. Just hang on a couple of more weeks, all right? I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm hoping it's going to be warm and sunny because when it's warm and sunny, there's nothing more I love to do than get out on the beach and to ride the waves. How many of you like to ride the waves at the beach? I'm not talking about surfing. I'm not cool enough to surf, all right? I'm talking about hanging on in desperate fear to a board, right? And riding the waves. That's what I'm talking about. And that, to me, is very much like the Christian life. See, Christ is very much like that board. And God is very much like that wave. And if you're going to ride the wave, you know what you got to do? You got to surrender to it. You can't fight it. And you have to get into it. See, there's a lot of folks who've been riding God for a while, just riding over, not into him. He's just been making motions into your life and you've kind of risen up and then you come back down. You kind of get a God high and then it comes back down, but you're not into him. You are not being driven. You are not riding. You are not into Christ. And without him, there's no life. And there's no wonder that it's so boring. It's no wonder that, that it's not going anywhere. Because it's in your strength. Your life, apart from Christ, is in your hands, in your strength, in what you can create. It's nothing like riding a wave. It's nothing like holding on and trusting this power that is taking you along. And you can't control it. You can't control God. You can't do it. All you can do is by faith, trust in Christ and know that God is going to take you somewhere. And sometimes it's going to be scary. Sometimes it's going to be fun. Sometimes it's going to, you're going to get rolled up on it, but you hold on all the way. And God has a reason. Here's what's happening to many lives today. There's no eternal joy. There's no eternal laughter. There's no eternal fun, eternal hope. Everything is temporary. Without Christ, everything is temporary. In Christ, it is eternal. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The resurrection is a person to know. And it's, it's a movement. It's a movement to join. When God 
took on flesh, was born of a virgin, lived a holy life, died on the cross, crucified, buried, and raised on the third day, God began a movement, a movement intended to change the whole world. It's a movement that brings forgiveness through grace. What's amazing about God's grace, it really does redeem and pardon every sin. And when that happens in you, when it happens in me, something happens inside of us and it's beautiful. We're actually able to forgive those who hurt us. We're actually able to go to others and say, I know God has forgiven me. Will you forgive me? This power, this grace has the power. We can actually look at our past and the things that we're most ashamed of, the things that have caused so much pain and brokenness. And you know what we can do? We can forgive ourselves. We can stop holding on to those memories. We can let go of the past. We can hold on to God. We can ride this wave and we can go forward in his power by his grace. Can you imagine what your marriage would be like if y'all would do that? Can you imagine what your home would be like if you do that? Can you imagine the movement that would happen of God's spirit if your workplace or your ball team or your school or your circle of friends, can you imagine what it would be like if that movement was was real in your life and real in the lives of other people? There would be peace. The Bible calls it shalom. It's wholeness, it's completeness. And that happens because Christ has come and he's conquered sin and death. Because of the resurrection, there is now this movement and there's forgiveness through grace, but there's also hope through mercy. See, not only does God give us what we don't deserve, God also doesn't give us what we do deserve. We deserve the responsibility of every sin we've ever committed. But by his mercy, He takes responsibility for our sin. And now we have hope. Now we don't have to look over our shoulders and have to worry, is God gonna get us? Is somebody else gonna get us back? Here's what we can know. God has a plan for our future. A plan to give us hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11. And so long as we are counting on the mercy of God, we don't have to fear life. And listen to this. We don't have to fear death. Because of the mercy of God, we can live confidently in any and every circumstance. We can be a part of a movement. Imagine if that's, if that's how you described your marriage today, your family, your friendships. This is a place where there's mercy, where we forgive one another, we love one another, and we live with hope in the future. And then imagine if you had the life of Jesus. See, this movement, it, it incorporates and it's, and it's built upon life through Jesus. You know, if Jesus, if Jesus was reigning in your life, it would change everything about you. Everything that you could ever hope for. Everything that you could ever look for. Imagine a world. Imagine a world where the people lived the life of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, there'd be no more terrorism. There'd be no more tyrants. There, there, would, be, there would be no more uh, human trafficking. There wouldn't be this trash all over this, the internet and all over TV and all over the world. And there wouldn't be junk in us. There would be freedom. True freedom. You would be able to wake up every day with the joy of the Lord in your heart. 
confidence in his plan for your day, knowing that no matter what comes, Christ is in you because you are into Christ and Christ is into you and because you're riding that wave and you're a part of that movement. This is what Christ wants. This is what Christ has come to bring. That's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It is the way to complete confidence and hope. It is the truth that will set you free. It is the life that will never end. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, you wanna know God? You wanna experience the one true God? It only happens through Christ. You have to join this movement by grace through faith. You have to repent of your sins. You have to surrender your life to God by embracing Christ and riding that wave. And when you do, I'm gonna tell you something. You're gonna experience power. See, the resurrection, the resurrection is a power to experience. The apostle Paul said it this way in Philippians 3.10. He said, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. In that section of scripture, you go back and look at it today in Philippians 3, Paul said, you know what? I consider everything I had, everything. And Paul was an educated man. He had a, he had a lot of power. He was, he was, he was going up the, 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 the ladder in his, in his company with the career he had. He had everything going for him. You know what Paul said? All of it is garbage compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He said, for his sakes, I have, I have lost all things and I consider it garbage. Paul said, I, I, don't, I don't even want it back. He said, Christ is my all. And there is a power in him that drives me. Some of you don't have that today. Some of you don't have it. And so here's how you have to live. And I remember, because I had to live this way too. Here's, what, here's how some of you live every day. You have to jumpstart your morning every day. You gotta get something inside of you, something going that will give you a reason to get out of bed. There are so many of you every morning, you, can't, you cannot get up and with peace talk to God. You have to turn on the TV. You have to turn on music. You have to turn on radio. You have to turn on something that will distract you from reality. You need a talking head or some kind of noise and you need it going all day long. You can't stand an idle moment. You can't stand the idea of, of, of anything idle where you would be quiet. As a matter of fact, you're so afraid of it, you carry a computer in your hand, and if there's an idle moment, is there anybody saying anything on Facebook? Is anybody tweeting anything? Is there a picture on Instagram? Did anybody Snapchat me? What's a Snap story? What's something I can fill my mind with? And you're constantly having to fill your mind. You wanna know why? Because you have no power. See, what you're having to do is generate a life. You're having to generate some kind of strength. Generate something that will motivate you and move you to get through this day. And that's not living. You are the walking dead. You are walking and you are moving and you're never satisfied. Always consuming, but never having. That's no way to live. God has given you the power of the resurrection through Jesus Christ. God wants you to every day jumpstart in his presence to wake up and say, good morning, Lord. Not, oh Lord, it's morning, right? Good morning, Lord. And you are with me and I am with you and I am into you and you are into me and you've got a plan for this day. And you start with the power of God and you live all day in the power of God. Last month, I had to do something I've only had to do twice with my Jeep. I love my Jeep. I love it. I, I know many of you see me in it. I'm, I'm tired of the Vanderbilt comments of the sticker on the back. It's staying. Don't make fun of Andy because we have no one to make fun of, all right? 
We're at the bottom. Don't kick the thing kind of while we're down, all right? But I love my little Jeep, but a few months ago, I, I, I couldn't get it to start. I had to jump start it a couple of times. And then while it was idle, I was having to keep the gas going. If I didn't, it was, it was dying on me. And so the day I decided I had to do it, I was on Scottsville Road and I'm, the thing, it's starting to go, you know, it's starting to die and it's, I'm trying to give it gas and, and it, I, I, I committed the, I guess, cardinal sin because it was a green arrow and I couldn't get the Jeep to go and oh, someone missed their turn, you know, and so everybody's like honking at me and yelling about Vandy and telling me I'm number one and all this stuff. <laughs> Some of you were there. I'm not going to name names, but I saw you there. <laughs> saw me and said, that's to pray for you. I'm praying for you. Those were not prayer hands. Those were not prayer hands. And so I, I went in and something really cool happened. I, I went to the, this, um, this, this deal where they sell these batteries and I told the guy what was wrong. It was, it was awesome. Listen to what he did. He came out to the Jeep. He took the old battery. He took it away. He brought a new battery. He put it in. He connected it. He said, start it up. It started right up. You know what God does? He takes your old heart, your old power, your old life that doesn't work. He takes it out and he gives you a new one. It's powered by his grace and his love. And you know what it does? It drives you all day long. Every day it starts right up. You don't worry about idle time. You look forward to it because you can pray to him. You can rely on your power. You can go to your strength and you can ask God to provide in any given moment, anything you will ever face in any single day. But only as long as you get yourself in the picture of the resurrection. Only so long as you stop treating Christ as something out there, the resurrection as something out there, and understand that Jesus Christ is alive. And you can know him. And he can know you. And you can experience this person who is the resurrection and the life. And you can experience this movement of God in the world. And you can experience his power every moment as you wake up and as you go through your day. But only if you are willing to surrender your life to God through faith in Christ. Now understand what that means. That means you're giving yourself to the Almighty. No turning back. No, you telling him how it's going to be. You clinging to Christ by faith, giving up your old life and allowing him to take you wherever he will lead you. And understand this, one day he will lead you all the way home to heaven. Friends, there's not a better life. There is no life apart from this. And I know some of you need it right now. And so here's what I want you to do. Take out your orange card, orange card that hopefully has your name in at least one way that, that I can contact you. And here's what I want to ask you to do. Some of you need to ride the wave today. You need to start it. And here's what I mean by that. You need to become a Christian. So go to the other side where it says, I would like more information. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Focus on this, where it says, I would like more information about circle in becoming a Christian. Because here's what we want to do. We want to help you. This is a big decision. We don't take it lightly here at Living Hope. We don't just say, oh, you filled out a card. You must be saved. Okay, good luck. Hope that works out. We're going to walk with you. We want to talk about what God is doing in your life. Now, some of you are Christians, but you've never been baptized. And you know what that means you are? You're a person who claims to be on the team, but never wears the jersey. That's what you are. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, and you've never been baptized, you're a person who claims to be on the team, but you won't put the jersey on. Why won't you put the jersey on? 
It's time to, to be identified with Christ is the baptism. You're already on the team. You just need to let everybody know. You say, why do I need to let everybody know? Because we need to know. God said we need to know. You need to be buried with Christ and raised to walk in new life. That puts on the uniform. And then we can identify you as a person who is walking with Jesus Christ. Some of you need to be members of Living Hope. You have dated us long enough. You know you were made for us. We were made for you. Neither one of us are perfect. It's going to be all right, right? In Jesus Christ, it's going to work out. If you're a perfect person, do not join this church. We will mess you up. All right? And if you think you're perfect, you are messed up. All right? And so <laughs> we got other options for you. But what? But understand, listen, everyone needs to be a part of a church family. Living Hope's a great church family. We want you to be a part of this family. So what does it mean to be a part of God's family? It means you worship. It means you connect. It means you serve. It means you get equipped. It means you share your faith. So you'll look, there's other options. Some of you need to be in a discipleship group. Some of you need to be serving. Uh, some of you, you need to get involved in children's ministry, student ministry. Some of you, as I was talking about marriage and life and challenges, here's what I know some of you need. You need to talk to a pastor. And I'm gonna tell you something we have here. It's such a blessing. We have a counseling center. It's completely free. If you need to talk with someone, Pastor Bill Wade will contact you. And we have trained counselors who will help you. And you want to know why? Because we love you. We care about your life. And you know what we love to see? We love to see people meet the resurrection and the life and be a part of the movement and ride the wave and experience the power of the resurrection in every relationship, in every aspect of their life. And that's what you'll learn at the counseling center. You'll learn how to experience that life. Some of you are stuck today. Truth is, some of you are stuck. You're stuck in an addiction. You're stuck in a brokenness. You're stuck in a, in a mindset. And you want out. You want out of the gutter. You want out of the rut. You just can't do it. We can help you. That's what we're here for. And so if you want to just, just circle in that section that says, I, I, I'm, I want more information about meeting with a pastor and know that we're here to help you. We are here to care for you. And that's what God is doing. We want you to get from behind the camera into the picture of the resurrection and join God in what he's doing in the world. And the reason we can do that is because of what Jesus has done. Jesus has paid it all. And because Jesus has paid it all, all to him we owe. We give him our praise, we give him our lives, we give him our every moment, and we celebrate every second of every day in his great grace. And this morning, we're gonna, we're gonna leave singing about that. Now, as we're singing, some of you may wanna come and pray. That's totally normal, it's totally fine. When you hear something like this, sometimes what, what you need to do is just, is just have some outlet to say, God, I want you to do this in my life, or God, would you make a change in, in this situation in my life, or this person's life I care about? Feel free to do that. But right now, let's all stand together. I'm gonna pray for you. Feel free to come up and pray as we sing about what Jesus has done. Lord God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you that we can know this person who is the resurrection in life. Thank you that we can be a part of this movement of what you're doing in the world to bring about forgiveness and power and hope and mercy. Thank you, Lord, that we need not fear any circumstance or any moment because you live. Thank you, Jesus, for paying it all. And because you have, we give ourselves to you and to all, all that we have we owe to you that is good. We thank you for it. Hear the prayers of some today, Lord, who just want to come and say thank you. 
Some who want to ask you to take over their life. They want to ride the wave that is, that is you in Christ. They want to ask you to do a miracle, maybe in their family or school or marriage, whatever. Maybe there's a health need. God, whatever it is, we know you have the power to provide as they come in faith to ask you. So Lord, be honored to answer them. In Jesus' name, amen.